never look back. Watch my past, it all face the black. And my future never look better. From the old me, it's a suicide letter. My life, my hopes, my dreams. These lies, these evil schemes. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's why I put a prayer in every verse. Cause I hope God hears me. And I know these jokers fear me. Cause I burn in the night and I turn to the light Now I'm earning the right to breathe And I'm starting to see the truth revealed in front of me All the people you're trying to be That's why the only one I ever trust is me I know that they creeping, know they scheming I was put here to fight back But I still kick it fresh cause you like that Still, I'm an MC from the 90s Wu-Tang Hyro spitting so grimy And I hope that you like me The club sold out and we getting kinda hyphy uh, But I ain't from the Bay I'm repping Northwest hip-hop all day Yeah, that's where you find him Alcott Beach where the sun is shining Man, it's summertime and Watch that sound just sparkle like a diamond Plus, it's the home of the industry Ad hoc casual, tell me are you feeling me? Yeah, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality i am your musically magnanimous host nick the saucy one cat source broadcasting to you live as always from the shadow of hurricane mountain tennessee and i also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host calling in from charm 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 city my <laughs> pal odell norman what is up what's my going friend? on man how's Nothing. everything good we um grooving out there Doing good, pro- man. Doing Project good. Project Lionheart? Yes. I am ready. All righty. Fair enough. And lurking in the shadows, keeping our mes- musical escapades here, if that's a term, alive and well, is D, <laughs> the producer, the Maven Domestic, the Dirty Minded Diva, and a million other uh, <laughs> monikers and nicknames. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am here. I'm, I'm just back here jamming out. It's, you know... Some of the bands, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're 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 cool, whatever, not my thing. Um, but this one, I don't know if it's just because you've played it incessantly for the last couple <laughs> of weeks. No, I like it. It's really cool. It's really cool. So when do you start telling the bands on the show that you're not that hyped about that? Eh, I could take or leave you. Uh, I I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I just you're don't. okay, but you know. <laughs> no, you know, Nick really drives me crazy uh, blasting your music, so I'm glad you're on the show. Maybe he'll move on to something else now. Yeah, I know better. <laughs> you don't move on until you're ready. But you know you're what? Right. I'm the same way. I'm just like, I'll get a song in my head, and that's all I'm singing to myself for like weeks. That is true. <laughs> all right, so let's dig in here. First, tell everybody everything that's coming up on everything we do all over the place on tincan.media. Oh, my goodness. plug. That's right, tincan.media, not.com. Just go to your little address bar, type in the word tin, the word can, no space, a little dot, 
and the word media and hit enter and there you will find us. Just say, I think tin can. I think tin can. That's right. I think tin Would that can. be our new um, logo? There you go. I think Catchphrase. Every um, product needs a catchy phrase, right, of Odell? Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Can. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Who um, we got coming up, Dee? So, uh, of course, tonight we have Caleb Cunningham of Project Lionheart. Uh, and we have, in a couple weeks, we have got Natalie Palomides, who is super funny. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the improv stuff this chick does, but... It's going to be hilarious. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. And then um, we've got our buddy Jasper Cole coming back as well. Uh, the week after that, we are going to have from Whammy and from the Price is Right Roadshow, we're going to have Todd Newton, the most, probably the most tattooed uh, game show host ever. We're also having uh, Hex Dispensers on the next Musical Osmosis. We're having Tony McFar, who you've probably seen in Guardians of the Galaxy and in Jurassic Park, but as yeah. Chris Pratt's stuntman. Uh, and we're also going to have the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl reunion show. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, we are going to have our buddy John Lear is going to come back for our 51st episode because Larry Daryl and Daryl is the 50th uh, and from Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency we are also going to be having Fiona Duriff coming up and uh, in April we've already got the reformed whores on the slate because at the end of April is when you will hear the next drunken trivia and that is because it is our pal April's birthday. We are going to have Reformed Whores at the party, and we are going to do the 75th Drunken Trivia at April's, and it's going to be super awesome. Yeah, that's why we're um, waiting so long to do yes. the next episode, to do it at April's. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we had to do something super special, so yeah, that was, you had a God, 75 idea. episodes of that show, can you believe it? And <laughs> Odell, we counted the other day. Counting every type of podcast we've done, we have done almost 300 podcasts. Is that insane or what? Oh, wow. D&D. That is insane. When do I become an expert what? in this? Uh, <laughs> you would think we'd be there. You really would. You'd be wrong, but you would think that we'd be there. So, yeah. All right. Let me ask you a question, Odell, because you are sports-minded yeah. and I am not. So I'm going to ask you a question. People out there might be laughing at me. I totally, legitimately, I was watching um, Lady Gaga's performance at the Super Bowl. This question right. passed through my head, and I didn't Google it. I said, you know what? The easy thing would be to Google it and act like I'm not a dumbass. But let me not <laughs> depend on the Google machine. Let me ask Odell when he comes on the show, because I know he'll know the answer to this. So I'm watching the Lady Gaga performance. I'm looking in the crowd. Okay. The crowd doesn't look like like painted faces and football jerseys. Where does that halftime crowd come from? Is it like anybody in the stadium can run down to the field? Or do you actually buy a ticket to the halftime show and just go to that? Where do they come I, from? You know, I don't know, especially for this one. Um, I, I don't know. Because if you, if you noticed her performance, they were doing like synchronized uh, stuff in the crowd too. So I don't know if they were a select group of people that were able to do that. And then they were able to be part of the performance because if you, if you looked and remember they had like the light things and they were doing all these routines yeah. outside oh, yeah. of her. I bet you anything they were dancers. You yeah. Let me so down, I'm thinking, 
you, oh, you let me down, Odell. Like I was, I should have Googled it. I thought you would definitely know the answer to this. No, I just, I just assume too. I, I mean, when it comes to the halftime show, most of the time when they do them, I know, I know it's just, you know, they, they get selected, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and then they get to come on the field. But this one looked um, like it was a mixture. And then, you know, they definitely practiced. Yeah, it didn't look like the stadium crowd. So I was like, are these people like legitimate or did they bring people in? I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, because I, well, I know the one young lady that she hugged was like a college student. I don't know if you remember that part where she was sort of walking along the edge. I got that one young lady. Yeah, so I think uh, she. Lady Gaga's coven. That's yes. the audience was. It was the mon- the little monsters. That's what she calls us. All of her yeah, fans the little are monsters. little monsters. Covens. Yes. So um, with that, I think that was more that part. I think they were selected. But um, yeah, they had the whole routine down because that's the first time I've ever seen them actually do like a dance routine. I know they've done, you know, they do things in the crowd where they, you know, tell them to hold a sign up at a certain time or hold this up. But they were actually doing like their own movements. I was like, wow, they must have practiced this bad boy before. Uh, That's what before I'm saying, the, uh, man. Yeah. All right. I will have to go to the Google machine. I'll have to depend on the <laughs> internet for all my knowledge, per usual. Uh, but it's all fake news anyway, so I'll just make something That's up it, my bro. ultimation. I just, yeah, just where I got that from. I just looked at, looked it up on, you know. Right on. .net. <laughs> all right, so here's um, what's sticking in my fucking crawl lately. And I'm going to talk to Jasper about this, too. I am getting really pissed off because I have a lot of friends in the entertainment industry. And I'm starting to get really pissed off of this attitude of just perform, just perform and make us laugh and entertain us and shut the hell up. As if they're not people who are supposed to have their own opinions and not supposed to make those opinions even on their own page. Someone attacked Liz Mealy the other day and she's like, dude, you came to my page and you're telling me get back to being funny. I don't owe you anything. This is my personal page. You know, and, well, I've, I've been, go ahead, Odell. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've noticed that after uh, a lot of people have been putting that up after Saturday Night Live and stuff like that nowadays. So they're like, oh, I remember when Saturday Night Live was, you know, about comedy and politics. I'm like, no, it's about what's hot in, in the country. It's what's, you know, Saturday Night Live has always picked on what's happening that's why they get good ratings and that's why they've been on so yeah like the saturday night <laughs> news update that they've had that yeah. since again or they just want 90 yeah. minutes of eddie murphy dresses gumby every week that's it that's all they want <laughs> i got it anyways um i put something up the other day and i said this is why performers don't just shut up and entertain us one of the many reasons because even when they do do a performance that has no kind of political message to it Lady Gaga gets destroyed. Half the people are like, how dare you not make uh, like a full out political message against Trump? And the other half is like, this was a secret political subliminal message because you played born this way after you played God bless America. So you're saying God bless gay people, but you just won't come out and say, and and the burning pillars, those were really Trump effigies. And it's all subliminal. And then, of course, you got that fucking retard, Alex Jones, coming out and saying that she's part of a coven and she threw her roommate out a window and stole her identity and all her songs and made a deal with the devil and that whole performance he went into this convoluted um point by point like narration of how like her um performance was the devil like it was a devil ritual and then here's what's crazy about alex jones 
he I, I watched this short video I watched preparing for the show. He was bashing the Super Bowl. He was bashing George Bush. Like, I don't understand. Oh, and he was calling the Pope the dirty Pope. I don't what? get how this guy attacks the original George Bush, right? The you know, the the senior George Bush, how he attacks him, the Super Bowl, and the Pope, and he has like a ninety nine point nine percent conservative audience. I, how is he not pissing people off? I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things. This whole, it's just, it's just, it's just gone to this level of, you know, it's everything is a conspiracy. One, it's like there's no truth anymore. Even heck, even our president and their people have their own truths, if you will. So it's just a, it's it's such a mess. Like. Like Susan and I were watching a halftime show, and we were like, "Okay, cool, it was good." You know, <laughs> there, there, we we weren't expecting her, you know, to come out doing some crazy, you know, anti-Trump deal or do some this and that. She did a halftime show. It was it was entertaining. Um, I didn't realize how many Lady Gaga songs that I knew um, until she was going through them. And, and, and then that was that, but yeah, but then like, like you said, like the next day is just rants and, and articles and, and her stomach was showing. This is what I don't her, get. Oh, no. These the same oh, she had a pot belly in. I'm like, what? Do you think for any minute that even one of these assholes, if there's a million of them criticizing her stomach would not sleep with this girl as she knocked yes. on her door and said, let's do it. Or, oh no, your, your stomach's a little pudgy. I'm sorry. Go away. Or, or, or even even do I mean the performance itself was crazy enough. Let's so see you go out there and do that for five minutes. Now you had alone like an hour of straight nonstop going from the top of the bill or whatever that was all the way down, bouncing around. Come on. It's, yeah, it's, I, yeah. And I'm sorry, I, can I just say that if that was fat, then I was fat when I was like twelve. I mean I was. I, I always thought when I was younger, I was skinny. But crap, man! I was like, really? You're well, gonna get after her for like it, not even an inch? It's, it's just... so nuts now because people are so like. I just read something opinion piece uh, today on uh, Christy Brinkley. They were like, uh, you know, because she posed with her daughters in the uh, in the most recent Sports I Illustrated. Saw that. And, and and some people were coming out like, oh, how dare she? That's not promoting i mean the woman is 63 years old for crying out loud and she looks like that be happy that you know hey there's somebody that you know what that gives me a little you know no one's expecting you to look like christy brinkley that's a rarity but it you know it gives some people wow you know what i can go out here and, and still work out i can go out here and still spend time with my daughters or with my kids and and, and realize look you can still do and you know and find out how important things are or whatever it doesn't matter. It's just, but of course, there's opinion. Oh, the body. How dare her? She's 63 wearing a bikini. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's well, like, I don't on. have the article here. I read it to D earlier today, and they said like this androgynous figure comes down from the heavens onto these pillars, and they represent Babylon. And then the pillars go up on fire, and she descends, and everybody has glow sticks, and it's like this satanic ritual. And 
I like, I, and I told somebody yesterday, I was like, you got to give them credit for their imagination. Like, this is some, yeah. this is like some fucking M. Night Shyamalan level shit that they're coming up yeah. with with these conspiracies. Like, why, instead of being online bitching, dude, why don't you go to Hollywood and write some movies? Because you obviously write have, stuff. yeah, the knack for the absurd. Anyways, we've got Caleb on the line. So I was going to go into the commercials too. I think everybody knows how ridiculous it is. Unless they're the ones kind of propagating it, then they're probably just really upset. But I guess some people just really want to be pissed off all the time. Anyways, Caleb Cunningham, are you with us? Yes, sir. What's up, guys? Hey, Hey, thanks for calling in. (laughs) Man, it's good to be here. I'm I'm glad glad you guys invited me to call in. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Um, Actually, I was going to save this segment, but now that you're on the line... Let me touch on this real quick because I think it's cool, and then we'll kind of get into your music. There's a company in the UK called Ann Vinyl, and what they'll do is they will take your ashes after you're deceased, and they will press them into a record. And you got 12 minutes on each side, and they will put any songs you want on there and make a album sleeve with your face on it, and that could be kind of your memorial your ashes inside a record, which is better than the ones that are inside a dildo. I've seen those too. But this is actually a creative <laughs> idea and a little bit more family friendly, I think. Yeah, so I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So I put, I guess it depends on what kind of family you come from. You know, in Appalachia, it's probably totally okay. Anyways, <laughs> let me not piss off my West Virginia listeners. Anyways, um, I thought this was like a really cool idea, some way to kind of preserve. You can pass it down and listen and make an album that kind of encapsulates who you are, the essence of you. So I put a survey out and I was asking people what songs they would put in this. Um, just off the top of your head, not to put you under the gun, um, Caleb, what songs would you want as a testimony to your life if you got burned into a record? Well, as an artist, I'm thinking about my songs, but I don't even know if that's what I would if I, that's what I would do. I mean, passing them on to like my son or my daughter. I mean, that's actually pretty heavy if you think about it. I mean, I, I put a lot of weight into the music that I, I share with my family. And then also, ah, that's a tough one. I, 12 minutes on each side. So, I mean. About four songs a side is what I calculated it to be roughly. Yeah. You know, I, off the top of my head, I would, you know, it's I have hard. a few songs that. Uh, I have a few songs that are actually for like family, you know what I mean? So I would pick those like morning okay. light is one of them. Um, I would probably pick, uh, you know, man, that's tough. I'm, it's funny. Cause I'd, I'd probably have to throw on like an old, I hate to say it, but like a Bob Marley or even a Stevie wonder track that inspired me or something. And then, you know, it's almost like your memorial, right? So I'd, I would pass that along to them. Like, a, I would have to create a freaking death mixtape for my family. That's kind of crazy. But, yeah, I would probably say <laughs> morning light. I would also probably, to be quite honest, if I was really planning on doing that, I would I would record, I would actually record and, unre- like, keep it a secret until that time came. And then I would press the record and, and, and give it away. I would probably write some special stuff for that. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I just ran across it was yeah. on a Nerdist site, and I was like, "Oh man, I got to cram this into the format because this is so cool." I mean, um, totally. That's I, I would probably grab a couple a couple songs where I, you know, where I'm talking about, you know, like uh, my eyes is one where I'm talking about my father passing away, and then I have some for my kids, and then you know I'd probably throw in some special edition unreleased <laughs> unreleased uh, tracks on there 
and save them for hidden the old, tracks uh, on your death album. Hidden... Put hidden tracks. <laughs> exactly. It, like it would just go silent, and then you, you got to keep listening for an extra thirty seconds, and then it'd be like I'm back. Yeah, I would get Hello. the sound effects <laughs> from the grave. Add <laughs> in some of the old haunted house sound effects in there towards the end. That's pretty funny. I mean, you could do, man. I mean, I can't imagine the stuff people have already done with that concept. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is amazing. Oh yeah. All right, let me read mine real quick, and then Odell, do you have yours? Yeah, I have some. <laughs> it, right, it was so interesting. Here's, here's what I'm going to do on my album. Right, side A, Concrete Blonde, Vampire Song. All you guys know that song, right? Yep. And I wasn't picking my favorite songs per se. I was picking songs that I felt more portrayed my life, who I was. Um, Alice Cooper, elected, right? Real showman y, real political, um, kind of like tongue in cheek against the establishment. I thought that was good. Um, the coop, guillotine, ratcheting it up, going from tongue in cheek political to like the straight thrust dagger into the heart of the beast. Um, no effects, where to bruise, the end of side A. How could I not do that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Side B would be Lawrence Arm, Hickey Avenue, which is, you know, D knows that song. I play that song every we day. Talk a lot. Um, talk a lot. MC Chris, I would have to get people boogieing and put MC Chris, Fett's Vet. I would have to do that as the <laughs> second song. Then take it into some rancid, fall back down. And I think you know what I have to end with, right, Odell? What is that? Pennywise, Brohim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I okay. knew it was a Pennywise song. <laughs> All right. Hit me, Odell. That, that, that would be me. And I had like a few hours to put this together. It'd probably be totally different, but that, I would probably want like a Kiss Platinum and Double Live album. Oh, dude. Yeah. Mine, mine would be a box set. It, mine would still be a box set. <laughs> but that was uh, like in the one... basement burning thousands of songs like a mad fucking song. <laughs> 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 no, I have, um, I have, uh, one would be uh, Gerald Levert uh, in my songs. And the reason why I picked that one was um, he actually um, passed away a handful of years ago. And, and actually this album uh, came out after he passed. So um, his dad actually introduced this song and the, and the, and the premise of the song is like, he would love to do everything to one of his songs. So like, you know, he would love to walk his daughter down the aisle to his song. He would love to, wow. Um, apologize to his song. It, it's a it's a pretty heavy song when you really when you listen to it, but it 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 touches on everything. So I picked that um, Operation Ivy sound system. Um, nice. Yeah, Foo Fighters, uh, February Stars, um, Digital Underground, Humpy Dance, uh, Fishbone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason a lot of these songs I picked was because of just moments in my life. And so the people that would, you know, happen to listen to them would probably know know what's going on. So what you're saying Uh, is you wouldn't find it offensive if the Humpty Dance was playing and I put like the little um, fake glasses with the Groucho nose and mustache on your face (laughs) in the coffin. Not at all. Not at all. To do that. All right. I want my funeral funeral to be the party anyways. I don't want to be all like, oh, Oh, give me that kind of power. Uh, Fishbone Party at Ground Zero, and um, Hum, I Like Your Hair Long, and uh, uh, Roots, uh, 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 Proceed, I Shall Proceed, Continue to Rock the Mic, that's my, that's the jam right there. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, September, just because I was like, like, wedding song. 
By the way, if we cut out, it is starting to storm bad here, so fingers crossed we don't lose power. Um, Mindy actually put up one, Mindy McGrath, for Megadeth, My Darkest Hour, uh, Guns N' Roses, Rocket Queen, Prince Purple Rain, and Crystal Method, Vapor Trail. That's a pretty hardcore um, That's a pretty intense yeah. <laughs> and then Kevin Howard sent us White Sand or Wet Sand, excuse me, and Hay by Chili Peppers, Paradise by John Prynne. I don't even know who that is. Midnight in Montgomery okay. by Alex Jackson or Alan Jackson, excuse me. Oh. And What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. So oh, man, there you go. Really? Yeah, yeah. All over the board. That's great. D, you want to wrap it up? Yep. Yes. Okay. So some of these you guys aren't going to know, and some of them I whatever. Um, my choice in music can literally change every single day depending on my mood um of course i would have to have to have to have four non-blondes what's up anybody who's ever seen me do karaoke knows there's a damn good reason for it and i would probably have to record it myself um just because (laughs) i mean really why not put a little box inside you with a button and people could just buy and push it and then you're like the motor up to your mouth right and it looks like you're singing (laughs) There you go. That would work. Um, freak freak everybody out. Just just randomly hit the button in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, And then uh, lately it's been Megan Trainor, Me Too. It's all about just being in a place where you totally love exactly who you are. And, you know, you just, you do you and you're thrilled with it. Mm -hmm. Um, See ya, Cheap Thrills, because I'm all about being on the cheap always 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 if i can get it for free i will um <laughs> but it helps because i work at a nonprofit, so i kind of have to do that in order to do my job really well um there you go the one yep. country song <laughs> that would make it onto my album and not, normally it would be johnny cash or you know something really old but actually uh Marin morris my church and this one is about when you just go driving down the road and you crank up the tunes and you sing along and that is your church. That is where you feel oh, okay. the closest yeah. to whatever it is that's out there. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's totally me. Um, let's see. 21 pilots stressed out because we all sometimes wish we could go back to when we were kids because it was the best time ever. Um, blind melon, no rain because I used to get called the bumblebee girl as a kid. And, uh, I really do love that song though. And I will sing along any day, anywhere. I don't even care. Uh, David Bowie's Dance Magic Dance. Uh, I was, I've always been a huge Bowie fan, but that was like, that was it. Cause, yeah, you know, Labyrinth, Labyrinth yeah. and it was just, oh, yeah. it was just it. I mean, I cannot even tell you how many times I've seen that movie. How many times I thought about just being in that world as a kid, because that was me. I just didn't want to be there. Um, I wanted to be in the labyrinth, and so it worked. Um, and then either Prince Raspberry Beret, because I'm just a little bit funky, I always have been, <laughs> or the police Roxanne, because it's just one of those things, and... Come on I, I now, you to, can't put Sting next to Bowie. Well, I love them both. Um, but you're not necessarily in the same order. But no, um, I used to have a friend named Roxanne. She's my best friend ever. And I thought she was just going to wail off and punch me one of these days because every time I saw her, I just, Roxanne! 
you don't have to wear that dress tonight. I mean, it just, I couldn't help it. And still, every once in a while when I'm walking around, I'll just, I'll just start belting it out. And I'm just like, I didn't do that. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. It's just telling people, you know, you can be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do and screw it all. And let's just go and yeah. But Fair I enough. Mean, Sounds but like we've got week, it all you could ask me out. the same question and every single song could just about change just because I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm like the charts. I'm very fluid. It's just me. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, we've got a guest tonight. So let's get over here to <laughs> Caleb. Caleb, I got to tell you, man. Um, I know everything's a matter of taste. I'm listening to your music. Dee was like, oh, these guys are so good. And it's hard to get a compliment out of her. She's got a critical eye for music. I don't understand why you guys have not just totally blown up. You have the perfect formula. And the music, the lyrics, everything. I mean, I just feel like you guys are operating on such a level. Man, you guys should have definitely blown up by now. (laughs) Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, honestly, I've heard that a lot throughout my uh, my little music career. I mean, honestly, that's that's something that's kind of haunted me throughout, you know, and a lot of my my friends uh, that I grew up with that I started making music with a long time ago have gone on to have, you know, a lot of success. And I think that oh, man, it, you know, it's a it's such a complicated uh industry that that we're in. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, you know, there were t- there were probably pretty pivotal moments where you know, things happen, life happens, you know, and I've always been kind of a family man. I've always been someone who like, I can get out on the road and I can, I can grind and then I got to get back, you know, I got to get back and support my family. So it's it's been a balancing act for me throughout my career because I had, you know, I got married early on. I, we started a family early on. So I think if, if I had to say, you know, one thing that, that might have affected like how whatever's quote unquote successful we've been, it's been that is that I've always maintained uh, a balance. So I didn't, I didn't ever, you know, just say, fuck it, I'm going to sleep on couches forever until this shit blows up. You know, like I'm just going to, I'm going to just go all in and nothing else because, you know, I had other, th- I had other responsibilities from, from early on. So, you know, maybe that's it. The other thing is, you know, it's, it is what it is, man. If you listen to what, what's out there, you know, whenever you start blending genres, Oh my God. It's like, it's so hard to, to sell that. I hate to say it like that, but it's hard Mm -hmm. to sell that sometimes because people Mm -hmm. don't know what they're going to do with it. You know, and we signed a deal early on um, to an indie label here in Seattle that was really focused on some, uh, some East coast hip hop. Like uh, they had cannabis and they had bronze Nazareth from, from Michigan and they had um, uh, Keith Murray and, you know, a lot of old school big, big hitters, you know? And so and yeah. these guys had, they had a lot of faith in us and they believed in us, but man, the, the industry was so, was so tough at that time. That was like Oh nine that, you know, it, after a while, they just, they, they had to sh- close their doors. They had to shut, shut the doors and, and do something else. So that, that was one of those moments where it was like, do I keep shopping myself around or do I kind of go independent from here on out? And so that's when we wrote, we wrote shoebox radio, and did it all, all independent. And Macklemore at the time was, you know, a friend of ours and he was going indie and he was seeing a lot wow. of success. Mm-hmm, and so I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, Mac, Mac is doing it. They, it's happening. Like you can do this on your own, you know? And, um, 
But at the end, of, and we we've had success. I don't want to down. I mean, honestly, like I tell people this all the time: is that all all the goals that I set for myself, you know, beyond like selling out fucking arena. Can I cuss? By the way, I'm sorry if I'm just cussing. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's it's a podcast, so no FCC. I apologize. Or... I apologize. Um, but you know, aside from selling out arenas or whatever, right? Like Project Lineart has done a lot of amazing things, and personally, as a musician, I've been able to do. A whole lot. I've been able to tour around the world, and and um, I've been able to play music the greater part of my life. I mean, since I was, you know, for probably almost 20 years, I've been performing. So, you know, it's hard when I look back at it. Sometimes I do wonder, like, man, if I would have done this or that, like, would this album have gone got bigger or whatever? But it is what it is, man. You know, and I appreciate that. That's a huge yeah. compliment. That's at the end of the day, I'll take it as a compliment every time. Like, wow, I can't believe you guys haven't blown up. If you look at our YouTube channel, it's like every every one of those videos has at least one of those. I can't believe only 10,000 views or only 100 views. Like this is crazy, but that's just it was our it was our you know it's just our fan base. I guess I don't know what it is. It's like something that that has followed us around where people respect us and you know and they acknowledge it. But at the end of the day, you got to sell it to people. It's got to catch on and and really really blow up in order to see that sort of bigger success that like you know like i mentioned some of those people from seattle got i mean we have some amazing artists <clears throat> here in seattle that have had a ton of success you know so it's it's one of the things where you know it's possible but can you put it all together or are you going to be in the right place at the right time when uh you know to make it all happen yeah and that formula is so hard right now i'm reading um todd newton's book who's a game show host and he's his book is real about take control. We're going to have him on the show soon. So I've been reading his book. And it's almost like a self-help manual. And it's like take yeah. control. He's like right place, right time. But you can create your own right place, right time. But then That's I look right. at so many talented people and I see people who are just – it, it's just weak music. It just doesn't sound mm -hmm. like they're really got any passion. It just sounds like a jam session where everybody's just half-assing it. And it's like a mm -hmm. million views. And then I come across your channel because I'm always scouring through YouTube looking for new music as a music fan and for the show. And I'm like, I don't understand this. This band should be on fire all over the Internet. I don't I don't understand what they have to do. They can't get any better. What the hell do these guys have to do? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And it's funny you say that because literally in 2012, my house got on fire. And that was another roadblock that like, you know, we oh, were in the wow. middle. I was about to I was about to release uh civilian which is which is an album about what we're talking about like a, a balance between being a regular dude having to work a day job and then going out and trying to tour and trying to to make a a, a career in, in music you know and i was getting ready to release that record and and then yeah our, our house burned down and so that threw us into you know that was like a priority changer right there it was like yeah. everything stopped yeah. you know I mean, like, not only, no one was hurt in my family, but, you know, like, every, we lost everything. And, and that was one of those moments where the music community, I mean, the, everyone in Seattle reached out. It became a huge blessing in the end, but it was one of those moments where it was like, damn, you know, I'm chasing <clears throat> all these goals for the in my music. But at the end of the day, like, if I'm making music with my friends and I'm enjoying what I do, then I'll call that success. You know what I mean? Because... I could have lost it. I could have lost all that. So yeah, I guess my me my measure of it all is might be a little bit different than than most people. And and it just it it is what it is, man. I, that's all I can say is that I'll keep on I'll keep on 
putting my music out there and I'll keep on placing it in front of people. And and then I got to let it, I got to let it go. Cause at a certain point you're selling actually from the beginning, you're selling yourself and your, your art, you know, the whole time. And after a while it wears you out, man. You're like, please listen to this, listen to this, you know, like buy my shit. And you're just trying to sell yourself. And after a while it's like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there and then whatever happens, happens. And I will say, yep, that's the point I had to get to, too. I mean, we built this podcast network from scratch and I was putting shit up all the time on Twitter and Facebook. And I was like, and it it really hit me because I do a political show, too. And when I went to um, Marianna's wedding, a couple people are like, what do you think about this politically? What do you think about this? And I'm like, I'm off the clock, man. I just want to be a regular guy (laughs) and do this. But I think I was selling myself so much. I kind of turned a little bit into a cartoon character and I had to pull back a little bit on that. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, just from my own, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an artist, and and creatively, I was just pushing these deadlines. Like early on in 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 my musical career, we we were just, pay, I mean, literally just paying dues. Like that's all that was our motto, and we just we worked so so hard, and so that's that's something that I take pride in, and I'm glad I did all that. But at a certain point. I had to to find a balance, otherwise I was just going to burn out. And so the yep. balance for me was was make sure that whatever I'm doing really means something. Number one, that who I'm collaborating with really uh, counts. It's not just bold, it's not just something we say, yeah, let's do a song together. We just do it and it's for nothing. Like build with people that you really have common ground with, and then you know the actual music has to have some depth of meaning and some sort of life of its own otherwise what am i doing you know i got if i'm well, not the home passion's my, there it shows man right well i appreciate it yeah so that that's where that's where i'm coming from i mean i could crank out you know pop music all day but at the end of the day like man we've been writing this album for oh my god i don't even want to admit how long it's been it's probably <laughs> been three years that we've been and i've just been going back to the drawing board it's like i think at this point in my life in my career i'm I'm making sure that, first of all, I'm pooling all my resources, you know, like I'm really reaching out to the people right. I love to make music with. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time because most of those people are busy. And then get those guys in the studio and and collaborate and just to make sort of like, make it, like I said before, make sure this really, really counts. Each and every track has a story. So we're kind of taking our time nowadays. I'm going a little bit slower. Well, speaking okay. about your music and everything, you know, I was online and I do a lot of research for shows. I like to make sure I have a lot to talk about. And I was trying to dig into your history and there was, I've never talked to somebody that was so hard for me to find the background story, the origin story of Caleb right. Cunningham. Give us a right. little bit of background and like just the bullet points of how you guys formed and how you got where you're at. I know you've been doing some lineup changes. Why isn't there a whole lot online? You guys should put up like a Wikipedia or kind of get some information out there. Yeah. And in fact, you know, that's kind of why we're rebranding at this point um, to Caleb Cunningham and, and PLH, because I think now, I think what you just said really actually is part of the reason why there's still some unknown or there's not a lot of, there might not be as much, um, awareness about us because that story is still sort of like, you know, who is this guy? Why is he even making music? What's he all about? And even though I've been doing it for a long, long time, like you're right, that story does need to be told. And so we're kind of starting to build that right now. And so my bullet points of who I am and, and how project Lionheart came to be was, um, 
you know, I grew up in the, I came up actually in the nonprofit world as a music, as a music teacher. I was teaching, you know, hand drumming, um, wow. playing and stuff, uh, for a, a, okay. a company called the power of hope. And, and that was a youth empowerment through the arts. So it was a bunch of renegade artists, um, that were just trying to reach out to, uh, to kids. And this was in the early two thousands. Yeah. This is like, Oh, one. Okay. And, um, okay. You know, I was, I was working with the power of hope and, and learning the ways of, of using artist activism. That was kind of the beginning of my kind of genesis into like, what can you actually do with, uh, your talents, you know, besides just make money. And, um, and also empowering young people that had strong voices. So we did albums uh, called Hip Hop Hope. We did a big um, kind of like a summit, a youth summit, where we did a really, really indie, uh, you know, hip hop records called Hip Hop Hope. And there's different volumes um, from beyond what I did. But um, so that was kind of like how I got started. Um, and I was gigging in Seattle. I was playing, you know, all through the city as a drummer. And um, eventually... I, I started writing um, and I was making beats at my house. You know, I was just kind of doing that on the side. And so I transitioned to into actual songwriting and formed a band called the Mob Law, um, M-O-B-L-E-W, as in like the law of the people. Right. And um, <clears throat> we did, that was like a punk, that was kind of like a punk hip hop mashup, another genre mashup kind of group that was much more rock and roll than, than Project Lionheart. But we did that for about five years and um, I just really wanted to go off on my own and focus more on hip hop. Hip hop was something, I grew up at a skateboarder, you know, um, in Southern California. So hip hop and, and punk rock, like those, those two genres. Um, They're the I mean, only really honest type of music. It's like, you know, when we grew up, we got our music from skateboard videos. You know what I mean? That's how I even got introduced yeah. to the artist. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, I would listen to those and then I'd go, there was no like Google or YouTube. So we'd just go find them at the record shop or whatever. We'd find the tapes and, and, and grab them. So I was really, really into, you know, lots of different music. And I think that's why now with Project Lionheart, the stuff that comes out of me creatively is pretty diverse. Um, so anyways, got, grabbed a couple really talented people, Jared and TJ, two of my good, good friends to create Project Lionheart. And the idea was literally our, our mission statement was if we're not enjoying ourselves, we are not going to do it. So if we look at each other and say, this sucks, we're going to stop. Okay. And so we just started with that in mind. And, and we were just, it was like tons of momentum right off the bat. And we just pushed and pushed and pushed all the way to like 2011. And uh, that's when we were, we had been signed to a deal. And then TJ, our guitar player got diagnosed with a really um, serious illness called uh, what is it called? It's called multiple systems atrophy, MSA. So MSA, wow. it's really rare. You can Google it. The only famous person, the only famous case of this disease is the rock and roll chef who used to be an iron chef who just recently passed away. Um, yeah, yeah, I know MSA, what you're talking about. So he, it looks like, uh, it looks like, um, Parkinson's disease. And, um, okay. So that was the that was sort of the first moment where, you know, we had to look at each other and, and we had to go back to our original mission statement was like, can, can you can can you do this? Is this something that's feasible? And, and eventually he had to pull out for health reasons and and go focus on, you know, healing himself. And that was the first time that we, we kind of had to stop and think because, you know, I grew up in a band. 
So hip hop artists in general, they work with different producers and different people, but they're just themselves, right? And they can go and move forward throughout their careers. But I've always been a band member. So it was like my band was breaking up, you know what I mean? Which means Project Lionheart's breaking up, which means that's the end of Project Lionheart. But I kind of had to regroup around and say, you know, if I'm here and I'm able to do this, Project Lionheart can live on basically, right? So I had to reach out in the community and, and start trying to find other players that were willing to to join up and, and carry on what we had kind of already started. And that's kind of what, where we're at now. In fact, the, none of the original members are in the group anymore um, because our, our bass player went to India and went traveling all over the world. And This uh, is an incredible story. I can't believe yeah, it is. <laughs> that this story isn't accessible to the fans. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's like my – it's my life, man. And I guess there's part of me that's like, you know, I, I've, you know, part of me that keeps a little bit to myself, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't know if I want to tell this whole freaking story online, but I have, you know, I have reached out and, and, and kept our fans updated on, on as these things have mm-hmm. happened. And, you know, as TJ's battled his disease and, and uh, things have gotten worse, you know, it's been heartbreaking, man. So, but on the flip side to that, on a on a lighter note, you know, we've we've been able to team up with some just amazing artists who are much more, as you can tell, probably by the new track I sent you, much more funky, oh and yeah, soulful, yeah, just like yeah, these dudes, yeah. these dudes are just top level, just pros, and and they heard what I was working on, and they just flipped the whole thing into this whole new sound, and so. You know, it was a. Let me interject real through. quick. You're but, not resistant mm-hmm. to anything, right? If, if people come along and they're like, "Hey, let's like kind of twist it over to this, or let's change it over to this," genre-wise, you're willing to take those risks musically and cross if genres. It, yeah, I mean, if it makes sense to me, and if it resounds with like, you know, because at the end of the day, I have to write lyrics when the when the music is written. That's step, kind of step one for me. I usually start with the music, and um, and I've produced and written okay. almost all the Project Lionheart music. So I start there, and then I sit back and let it play, and then I start writing. So if people start taking it too far... Are you playing drums on that too, Caleb? Yeah, I am, yep. And, wow. uh, okay. you know, so so there's a there's a limit to, like, what I can rap over <laughs> at the end of the day, you know? So sometimes it's like, dude, we got to we gotta put the pause button on that. And we, but, you know, no, nothing's off the table. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, throw, we'll throw all kinds of ideas out there and just see what comes up, you know? And... And there's nothing more important in my world um, than collaboration. So I have to collaborate. I mean, otherwise you just you get stale, and you know things stop. So I'm all about collaboration for sure. Wow! Wow! Dude, that, that, is that, a that lot takes some ser- that's some. Good. Yeah, because that takes some serious skills. Because I'm I'm a drummer by trade, and mm-hmm. I was like I was watching um uh what's a video from you guys? Uh, my city's on fire uh, at the mm-hmm. uh, Hemp Fest, and right. um. And I'm like, is he? Holy cow! I mean, I've seen people sing, and 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 and, and play drums. So I've seen. I even we have a friend, um, uh, Mark Raymond. Actually, he lives in Portland now. Um, he he he'll play keyboard and play drums. I still don't know how he does that. But the spit, <laughs> the way you're spitting as you're playing drums, I'm like, whoa, that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother ball field right there. So, no, that, that's yeah, a you know, skill right there, man. Uh, you know. uh, we've gone back and forth because like I kind of honed those skills when I was in the mob law as a, because we were playing like really aggressive, 
music, but then I was rapping over some of the songs. And so I was like, how are we going to do this? And that sort of, it came out of that. And then I started honing those skills because we were playing like, we were playing like six days a week. Like it was like nonstop. And so we just went crazy for like years and years and years and those, and it became second nature to me. And so when I first started Project Lionheart, actually, I was kind of torn on whether or not I wanted to do that because I wanted Seattle to take me seriously as an MC and they knew me already mm-hmm. as a drummer. So I was like, you know, okay. I want, I want to, I want to put, I want to write and I want to perform this as an MC. So if you might see videos where I'm just up front and I have a drummer behind me and then you might see another video where I'm on the kit and I'm rapping. Yeah. 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 And the reason, the reason that was that me, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, how, how you, exactly. And so, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's, it, I've gone, I went through a lot of drummers. Uh, here, I'm just going to say it. So I went through a lot of drummers. And, <laughs> and I know somebody okay. else that went, I know, hey, Caleb, I know somebody else that went through a lot of drummers too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know that thing, like if you want something to do, to, to done right, you better do it yourself. So that's kind of how, how that went. Man. So at the end of the day, I was like, I, ha- I have this vision in my head, you know, this is how it's going to sound. And so if we're going to do this, then let's just embrace it and do it. So now, from, you know, moving forward and for now for quite a while, you know, I push the drum kit right up front. We line up in like a straight line or, you know, or I'll be right in the dead center. And, and I just show off, I show off that side of me, which is, you know, being able to drum and rap. And that is something that, you know, it's like not everybody can do this, but oh no. I don't want to also be like, I don't want to, I don't want it to be like, yeah, he's all right, but he can drum too. Like I kind of want each one of those things to stand on them on their own. You know what I mean? Like if you listen to the tr- the record, okay, and be like, yeah, this guy, this guy's, you know, he has skills. He can spit flows, but then also when you come to the show, you're like, wait, that's the drummer. That I want that response from the crowd. You know, like wow, he wasn't. I don't want to be just showboating. Like look what I can do. You know, like I can do all this shit, one man band. <laughs> but you know, that is something that. To be honest, that's just how uh, how I like to run my shows now. And um, we even added, not to just keep on going and going, but we even added another level to it <clears throat> when we brought uh, Ableton, which is a program I use, so I can launch samples now from like a little sample bay. Um, so nice. it's like I'm like DJ, drummer, MC. And at one point we were, we were playing with, uh, we had uh, Latiris, we opened for them, and the drummer came out and was like, are you going to shoot the video, too? Like, he was just like, damn, man, you're doing everything in this fucking room. So, that, but that's just, you know, that's just how it is. You got to grind, and, and, and you got to stand up and kind of rise up above, you know, like you said, stand out. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Yep. Well, let me go back to something you said earlier about growing up in the skate culture. Um, mm-hmm. We've been trying to get a hip-hop band on the show forever. And one of the mm-hmm. things is, is me and Odell, we grew up in the punk rock world. We were in a punk band together. And mm-hmm. in our day, which was in the 90s when we were playing music consecutively, it like the punk people, the punk culture was a culture that was like, hey, we're going to talk on social issues. We're going to talk on political issues. We're going to break down shit that the average person wouldn't know. And I feel like punk has gotten really watered down and hip hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Immortal Technique, Jedi Mind Tricks. I mean, hip-hop has really picked up that banner where punk kind of dropped it on the ground. And, you know, punk's still doing the DIY stuff in a lot of ways. But I feel like there a lot of hip-hop that's out today is inspired by the punk culture. And I'm just wondering how that transition happened. I think it happened early, early on in the 80s. I, I think that 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Beastie Boys. I think stuff like that mm-hmm. really was a was a, like a main that. thing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's that alternative. It's that alternative culture. I mean, you know, it's because it, punk. I mean, I'm not a punk like I'm not a punk pro, but it started in the UK, right? It started in Europe. Uh, New mm-hmm. York and Europe. There's a big. There's been a debate for a hundred years of where it actually started. Right. What, which side of the debate are you guys on? New York. I'm on the I don't care side. <laughs> I just like punk rock. Well, we know um, we know where hip hop so. started. <laughs> but you yep. know that 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 feeling of like you know that accessibility, and I think that's what it was. It's like being able to to speak out and and have something accessible. I mean, once DJ started DJing and people could start speaking on a mic. You know, it was it was time to speak out about what, you know. I mean, there's dance yeah. music, and then there's yeah. like there's still good music, and then it's like time to to speak out to. But uh, there's a the difference between public enemy and a moral mm-hmm. technique. I mean, a moral technique is just really going down the rabbit hole and really talking yeah. about shit that punk bands used to talk about. And that's right. why I listen to more hip hop now than punk because mm-hmm. the hip hop bands have a lot. And like I said earlier, it's honest music. They have a lot more honest message, and punk now just seems like they're just regurgitating stuff for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much anger and there's so much energy in the world. I think the reason hip-hop has taken up that mantle maybe is because internationally, I'm just, I mean, I'm just shooting out here, but I, you know, I've traveled around a lot, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like hip-hop is in every, every place I go, there's a hip-hop culture happening. And it's mm-hmm. usually right in line with, you know, other sort of alternative cultures that are going on, whether it's art or, you know, dance or whatever kind of stuff is happening. And, you know, I'm a skater, I'm a skater, so I'm always kind of searching out that, those little places. And, but anyways, mm-hmm. hip hop is really relevant. You know, my, my wife's from West Africa. When we go to Dakar, we go to Senegal, you know, hip hop is huge. It's massive. I think people just, it's something about it. It's very, adaptable to to people and then you know you can sample <laughs> you can sample stuff for free you can grab instrumentals off youtube and you can start making a mixtape it's something about the accessibility of it and then you know this i guess probably just also the image or the the ability to sort of get up and speak your your story it's really really appealing to young young people all over the world and so i think it's just really caught fire internationally and that's why it's yeah so i sustainable. agree Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, I think what you were saying, Caleb, too, it sort of, it, even if you look at it now, it sort of runs parallel. Because I remember in in the, in the 80s and the 90s, I, I skated some. I didn't skate as much as a lot, a lot of people did. But I remember getting laughed at because I was a black guy skating. You know, it was mm-hmm. only a handful of brothers that you saw, like, you know, Chuck Treese from, you know, McRad mm-hmm. and those guys. He was mm-hmm. skating. And that's, that's the one lone, I remember Thrasher magazine. I, uh, I, Rocky I still George from Suicidal. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, you know, those were my, those are the couple pictures I had. I'm like, well, these guys are skating. Why can't I skate? And, but now you look at it and, 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 and the, all the way down from the music to the fashion. Cause if you look at a lot of hip hop, they're using live bands now. They're using a lot yep. of, uh, you see a lot of, um, for example, I'll take a, a person like Childish Gambino, you know, a handful mm-hmm. of albums he did were strictly hip hop. Now his latest one is like, you you could take out a P funk album or you know it's whatever yeah. and it is yeah and it's just it's it's so crazy because you know I remember for me the change happened I used to see it but the change really happened I think when Check Your Head came out from the Beastie Boys and mm-hmm. and and they were skating and they were doing their things and and people you know a lot of you know 
hip hop heads, you know, really didn't know. Like, you know, they were a punk band before they were in hip hop. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Zach Della Rosa would have been a hardcore band before he became the front man and could spit for Rage Against the Machine. So it's mm-hmm. like all of these genres just sort of mash. And now the kids nowadays, like you said, the accessibility is just there, you know, where they yeah. can, yo, I like your stuff. Let's do something together. Yo, let's, you, you give me that beat and I'll, and I'll spit on this or, Oh, can I get with your band? Cause I know they're still influenced by this and see if we can right. jam something out. So it's, it's a beautiful I thing. I think, I think it's awesome. I, agree, man. Man. Hey, no, I think that's probably the reason why that's probably the reason why, um, the way music is consumed now has changed so much because people don't want to be, to have to listen to one thing. They want to mix up. Their exactly. Own. Oh yeah. So that whole single, that yep. whole singles culture are, are just arose from that. It's like, you know, I want this and then I want this and then I want this. Like we were talking about earlier with our playlist, our death playlist. It's like it could be anything because that's human. That's just human nature is to want to hear all mm-hmm. the different stuff. Okay. Well, let's talk about your new EP. Cause we've only got a few minutes left. Let's talk about five. Cause I want to play the new track, stay and fight off it. So tell us a little bit about the EP. When is it coming out? Um, who are you collaborating with on that? Give us a little background. Sure. Um, yeah, just real quickly. Five is going to be, uh, five new songs, um, and it's going to be featuring, you know, my beautiful sister-in-law, who's an amazing singer, along with, you know, horn players from, from the city and the core of my band, which is, uh, Larry and Chris and Art, just amazing players. And, um, and I think where we're going with this is, you know, I travel a lot in Africa. I spend a lot of time in Africa and I'm always listening to Afrobeat. I'm always, like we were talking about Childish Gambino. I listen to, these artists that are finally willing to say, this is, this is what I'm listening to. This is what I want to create. And even though yeah. I'm a hip hop artist, like I want to go there. It feels good to go there. So let's just go there and say, fuck it. And whatever happens, happens. I'm so happy That's to it. see that happening in popular music. You know, it's like, let's just go there and see what happens. And yeah. that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to, to, we're making music that we really love, what we want to listen to, that we want to play in the house. And, and it seems to be this formula has really breathed a, a new a new life into the um, into the group. Um, you know, these five songs are pretty much done. But I think what we'll do is is uh, finish tracking some some extra you know little features and stuff. And then hopefully this will be out springtime, early summertime. I usually try to release in the early summertime. Um, and and that's what's up. And this particular song, "Stay and Fight." I was writing during the uh, presidential campaign, you know, and um, a lot of these songs actually on this five EP are during this campaign season where I finally got to the lyrics. Like we were talking about earlier, the music was down and I was finally writing lyrics. And so this stay and fight track is really about like, as an artist, it's a call to the artist to say, you know, we can say things in the songs. Well, there's two things. Number one is use your art for a purpose and make it count. And then if yes, you do that, yes. don't just say it, but after, after you say it, follow that up with action, whether that's, you know, marching or whether that's just continuing to speak and furthering the conversation, you know, at the end of the day, we're artists and, and that's the tool that we've been given to use. We're not, we don't have to do everything, but so this is our little thing, but it's, it's also to remain active. So don't just say it, you know, when like, uh, you know, yeah, after you get out of the booth, after you get done with your show and you go out there into the world, you know, continue to represent that change represent that you want up. to see happen out there. 
So you consider exactly. your art also activism as well? Most definitely. I mean, wouldn't you think that? I mean, if you think about all the the music that influenced you on a political or, or human level, I mean, it changes things. You know, there's power in that. And so, I, you know, when you're when you have a crowd of people out there in front of you and they're responding to you, that that is very you know powerful i think that's that is activism and you're inspiring someone to go out there and do something i couldn't agree more and i think that's why you're seeing this fascist and i'll say this word this fascist pushback of all these trump supporters coming out and going oh Mm -hmm. shut up and entertain us oh we were just talking about lady gaga at the start of the show Mm -hmm. shut up and entertain us you're an entertainer keep your Mm -hmm. mouth shut and you know katie from reformed i mean look look put something yeah. up the other day and she's like i don't understand i'm an artist why why would you not expect me to express myself that's what i do for a living yeah. i express myself yeah and it's this is what my new thing is right now i'm really pissed off at all these people trying to shut artists up and shut down art mm-hmm. exactly yeah i mean even, even i mean if you look at us i'm like heck look at uh colin kaepernick look how many people were like dude you make a million dollars you make a ton of money just shut up and play football he's like right. I'm a human being too, man. I, you know what? I, I play on this football field for a couple hours and practice you, like you go to work, but I still got issues going on here and, and stuff isn't right. And it is a fascist know? backlash though. When you see people coming out and saying, we just need to shut this down for the first time in eight years, people are attacking mm-hmm. the alt-right is attacking punk clubs and, and are attacking right. alternative comedy clubs. I mean, things yeah. to me are getting bad. When there's, you know, a quarter of the populace that's like, hey, this is acceptable to shut down speech that we don't like. It's really scary. Yeah. It is scary. And and it's sweet and it goes both ways. I mean, one of the big kind of stinging lessons I've learned in this whole recent development in our country is that is that that goes both ways, is that I have to be willing to listen and not shut people oh, yeah. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and then I also demand that, that they listen to me as well. It's something that, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be open and it's a responsibility of. of yeah, they just had who, the liberal shutdown of Milo over on um, Berkeley. So it definitely cuts both ways. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, stay and fight is really about like, you know, there's a big part of me that wants to bury my head and just let this shit just blow over, but it's not going to blow over. We got to, we have to stand our ground and we have to stay and fight. And so it's, it's you know, as much as it's a, uh, me preaching to my audience i'm also kind of saying it to myself is like i gotta stand up uh for what i think is right and i gotta stay in the fight so that's really what it's all about all right well nothing better to do than to listen to it d you got it all uploaded to the studio we ready to go oh there it is cool Show your face, and it's only rats running this political race. Watch out, people disappear without 
the trace and come on I know I just got to know you But that iPhone kinda got control of you My eyes closed and my thoughts unfold And I can write flows just to rock and roll your son Listen, I ain't finished with my mission I'm still locked inside the kitchen with a microphone and vision I'm a light torch and passing Don't let it pass you by Cause time's up in the blink of an eye In the morning light I can still feel it and it got me light I'll never walk away, no, I'll stay in fight I'll stay in fight, no, I'll stay in fight I'll stay in fight In the morning light I can still feel it and it got me light I'll never walk away, no, I'll stay in fight I'll stay in fight, no, I'll stay in fight I'll stay in
Yep. So what I said earlier, right, Odell? How how That's is it. this not on fire? That's it. All right, we've, we've only got a couple minutes left. I got to finish this up. I'm a guy who writes lyrics. When I was in bands, I wrote all the lyrics. I am attracted more to lyrics than to mm-hmm. actual music. Caleb, how important, I mean, when you're trying to find this balance, when you're writing the music and the lyrics, do you have any kind of importance on one over the other? Or do you think it's, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. They've got to complement each other. They're just as important. I kind of always was more lyric driven. Are you coming from that same kind of place or are you just totally trying to put as much focus on both the music and the lyrics? I I have to say both. I have to say that there's, it's like two, it's, I can separate the two. I, I do go into music mode where I'm just, I'm all about creating that music and, and because I know that's going to drive the next phase, which will be my lyric writing. And then, and then when I'm in the lyric writing zone, it's like, I, I have to shut myself in. So the big difference would be musically. I love to collaborate <clears throat> lyrically. That's my own space. That's my own time to sit and meditate and let that song play an ungodly amount of times over and over and over until I can really catch a spark and, and then write something. And, and some songs are easier than others, as you probably know, to write. Some yep. songs come oh, together, yeah. you know, real quick overnight. Other Others are a work in progress. So I love both sides of that music-making uh, process um, and song creation. I mean, you know, songwriting is something I just, it's a, it's a big part of my life. So, but, you know, it's they both have their their space and you know if i was left to my own devices and i was just the only one solo making music and making uh lyrics you know writing the, the lyrics i mean i'd probably you'd probably not like the songs as much i mean that collaboration on the musical level is really important and it makes it really inspires me to write uh to lyrics because it takes on a whole new life when you when you take an idea to a group of people it really does take on its own life and then writing the lyrics to that music is so much more enjoyable you know okay let me finish up with this um when you're writing lyrics do you have any kind of restraints are you like man i can't go too far because i can't alienate people with my message if i'm too over the top or do you just write and write and write like a fountain and whatever comes out comes out yeah i do put constraints on certain things because and I guess the constraints are I run it past, um, after I'm done writing, I'll, I'll play it for my family, I'll play it for my, my bandmates and, and listen to what they have to say. If I really stand behind something that I'm trying to speak on, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that. And, and, and that's just the, you know, that's something I, I will stand for. If it's something that where I'm trying to get an idea across, you know, that, that feedback goes a long way too, where I might go back and rewrite and revision. Uh, or revise my, my songs a little bit. But as far as restricting what I'm talking about, not so much. I mean, I'm, you know, any, a lot of my music is really personal. A lot of it's political. I, I try to land on the side of universal messages. In other words, I'm not going to name a politician that I might disagree with so mm, much as okay. speaking on yeah. behavior, like political, you know, you know, I might say, um, you know, media distortion of information or something. I'm not going to name, you know, a name, but I will, I, I will put the idea into the listener's mind of like, wow, maybe, maybe the media is doing, you know, not, I mean, at this day and age, I'm, I'm speaking to, I think a pretty educated audience. Um, 
but I still try to keep it universal, you know, and, and to put that general message of like, let's think about what we're doing and also empower people to, to go out there and find information. Wow. All right, let's finish up with that. Um, Caleb, we've got to have you back. i got to keep unpeeling this onion. I didn't get to have yeah, this stuff, especially about your history <laughs> that I wanted to get to. So we definitely hey, got to keep guys, going. I would love to. I definitely appreciate you guys inviting me on the show. Tell everybody oh, where they can find you. Thank you for find. coming, man. Um, Caleb Cunningham and Project Lionheart, because I know you've got a website, but there's not a whole lot on there. There's kind of like um, yeah. one track on there, and I know you've got a Facebook page that I've been keeping up with. That's right. And Twitter, all the social media is now Caleb and PLH. So at Caleb okay. and PLH, you'll, you'll find Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And, um, you know, the website, we stripped it all down and we just put up the new EP so that that's sort of the focus of what we're doing. But if you want to dig into all of the music we've ever released, go, go to YouTube. Yes. And I have all that, all that stuff on there. You can go listen to all the albums or SoundCloud. You know, we're on there too. Um, and, you know, there you go. I mean, it's all there. If you if you search Project Lionheart Caleb Cunningham, you'll find it. All right. I cannot thank you enough awesome, for calling man. in today. This was a real treat for us. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Oh, thank you. Hey, guys, we'll be back in two weeks with the Hex Dispenser. Dee, do you want to take yes, us yeah. out with another song from Caleb? It's in your mind like the shift That happens only when I'm rapping with lyrics I come to spit And I'ma do it till the day that I'm dead Till I can't stand no more Legs heavy as lead They saturate us to the bone Inside every home They got you all alone And they got your kids home The prison in a street Is identical to slavery Look at the ratio It's not a mathematical mystery I look for a glimpse Of a future where an inch Away from disaster It's a pinch And we only moving faster Towards the end And the master Will fulfill his task But it's us who holds the answer But we only interested in self-preservation a media-driven blind population wasted so put up your fist put up your fist and shoot for the heart we can't afford to miss I see the way Because 
years I've already died since the beginning of time is now multiplied by death, dumb and blinded Look, I know it's time for changing Cause every time I bring it up People always wanna call me crazy curse of a nation got you believing wealth can only come from paper chasing lost sight of the one lost sight of where we're from lost sight of the fire you a child of the sun stand still let them drown you in the shadow sea the life they offer is filled with self-destructive fallacies but we go and spend our children's minds just to have it rejecting common sense which illuminates the habit so we just stand with both hands open wide ready for the poison that they shouldn't come with pride ready to impress the ever-present neighbor's eyes and ready to ingest with confidence these wicked lies Still sit with both hands open wide Ready for the poison that they sugarcoat with pride Ready to impress the ever 